everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday. It's April 23rd. It's 2021, and we have 14 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, what's happening, my friend? Huh? Not too much. Got absolutely slaughtered today. But my hot streak had to come to an end eventually. And yeah. Yeah, I was just waiting for this day. Been waiting for it for a little while. Now it's here. And now I don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> it's always fun, right? Um, yeah, I think I'm going to break even. I played a lot of, I ended up playing weathers on two or three teams and it, it kind of worked out. So, um, yeah. And uh, the Giants would have did a little bit more. It would probably would have been a better night because I had a bunch of them um, spread throughout my team. So, but anyway. Let's um before we get into breaking down this monstrous 14 game slate to send you guys into the weekend, we are presented by superdraft.com. They don't use a salary cap over there, they use multipliers. So if you haven't checked them out, head on over there, superdraft.com, use promo code grinders for a $50 instant deposit alongside with the 50% deposit match bonus up to 500 bucks. Take advantage of it. You know, Grant keeps playing NBA and donating the rake. They're yep. overlaying every single day, it seems like. So check it out, the overlay and everything like that. Uh, they have a lot of great stuff going on over there on Superdraft. Um, awesome sponsors of the podcast. Appreciate what they're doing. So um, let's get started. A lot to get through here. A lot of games. Um, Oakland at Baltimore is where we start. Irvin against Lopez. Do you have any interest here in Cole Irvin? Probably not. I mean, he is going up against Baltimore, which isn't a terrible strikeout lineup, but he's just not a huge strikeout pitcher. I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. There's not a ton of cheap pitchers I really want to go with, but there's a guy that may go 90 pitches to get six strikeouts in his last match, but that was against Detroit. So I'm probably not chasing that. chasing the last good start. So, I mean, Baltimore is not a great lineup, but they're still not bad and they can still beat some teams up and it's being played over in Baltimore. So I, I don't think I have any interest in him. Um, yeah, I don't really have a ton of interest in him here either. You know, this team does have enough righties, I think to hurt Irvin low strikeout lefty from what we've seen so far. So not going to walk a lot of guys going to hit the zone a lot. And I don't know if that's always necessarily the best thing. And then on the other side, Lopez, you know, he's another low strikeout guy. He does have a really high ground ball rate to righties, which, you know, you look at Kana, Chapman, some of these right-handed bats are the power guys. But overall, I think this is a bad spot for Lopez, too. Yeah, I don't care. He got eight strikeouts in his last matchup. I have zero interest with him. He's going to get destroyed here. This Oakland team is now playing in Baltimore, and they are going to hit some bones today. Yeah, and what's crazy is, like, you know, Irvin's not great. And like this, this is a 130 favorite Oakland team with a nine and a half total. This is a, this is a game that has one of the highest totals on the slate. So um, let's talk bats here. I think this is a great spot to target bats. Let's start with Oakland. Um, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much everyone. Olsen is one of the top plays on the entire slate. Like outside of cores, we're just looking at raw points. He might be near the top outside of cores. Like it's just a beautiful spot. He's going up against Lopez Lopez since the beginning of last year, 260 ice total lefties been giving up a ton of hard contact. Matt Olson is a guy that gets the ball in the air, just absolutely crushes the ball. He's on a heater. Everything points towards playing him, but if you're not going to play him and you're going to stack up them, 
doesn't matter because there's still Moreland in the lineup. So if you're playing over on DK, need to save a little bit of money. Moreland's an absolutely fantastic play. Gets a platoon split guy who gets a lot of hard contact, get a decent amount of fly balls. Absolutely love him. Outside of them, like Lowry's still a decent play. He's got the platoon split. And then you mentioned uh, Lopez being a big ground ball guy. Well, you got Canna and you got Chapman, two extreme fly ball hitters who can absolutely crush the ball. I know Chapman's not really had a great year so far. Even the beginning of last year still hasn't been great, but I don't care. Like he's still a fantastic play on the slate. Lopez doesn't strike out a ton of guys, and that's the biggest worry with Chapman, but he gets the ball up in the air, he hits it hard. Absolutely love them. And if you want to throw in another guy into your stack like Murphy or Loriano, not the worst idea in the world. Murphy fits in uh to the stack for a catcher. And then if you want, like if Scotty's in the lineup, he's two point nine K. Pretty much everyone outside of Andrus, who's just Oh gosh, he's horrible. Don't don't throw him in your stack no matter what. Just X him out of your player pool. Listen, I, I like Oakland a lot here, but I think I would definitely look towards the top of the order. Lowry, Olsen, Chapman, Moreland, um, Kana, you know, just if if Brown's in there, um I don't even hate him. So, you know, he's thirty three hundred and He's definitely in a small sample size, shown some power against righties. So Seth Brown is another option you could potentially look at here. And Lopez is much worse against lefties than he is righties. So um, Baltimore side of things, like, I don't know, Grant, like looking at Baltimore, Mancini's 5,400, um, but everybody else is under 4,500. Is there anything standing out to you here? I mean, uh, Urban's not a big strikeout guy. Gives up a decent amount of hard contact. Doesn't get a ton of fly balls, so I'd probably be looking at Severino and Montcastle. Um, both of them guys that can hit the ball of the yard and kind of profile very well against him. Uh, decent strikeout guys, so going up against a low strikeout guy, especially versus righties, it's good. And then any of the lefties, which I don't know if there will be any outside of Mullins. Like, I, I can't see any lineup where they roll out some lefties in here that can actually hit the ball of the park, so – predominantly Severino and Montcastle, but it's just, it's, you can stack this game up because it's been played in Baltimore and he's a guy that puts the ball in play quite a bit. So I don't know. It's a tough one to stack. Like it's a stack just as a game theory move because people aren't going to want to pay for Mancini, but everyone else is affordable and you can throw Hayes in there, which isn't the worst idea in the world at 2.9 K. But realistically, like, I think Irving gets beat up, but I think it's going to be a little bit spread out throughout his lineup, the lineup and, they're not going to have a ton of bombs. So it's Montcastle and Severino is one off to me, or you just stack it up. It's kind of what I was thinking too. Um, use maybe some of these cheaper bats. as just one offs um, to kind of make other stacks work. So uh, moving on, we got Washington at New York facing the Mets, Eric fed um, up against Jacob DeGrom seven total in this game. Mets a two eighty five favorite. Um, any interest here in Eric Fetty? No, I don't. I don't. I don't care that he struck out eight magically in the last matchup. It doesn't matter to me. Mets are a decent lineup. Fed does not do well versus lefties. He may do well overall, but he does not strike out. There's no upside. He walks a decent amount of lefties. Like, don't don't chase the strikeout game. He's not worth it. He's seven K, and you're getting no upside with it going up against a good Mets team. Just full on. Do not play him. Yeah, like you know, no. I don't care what he did last start either. This is a guy with a 15% K rate since the start of last season. Not a big strikeout guy. This is not a team that strikes out a ton. Um, Jacob DeGrom on the other side of this game, you know, he's the best pitcher on the slate. And 
I think somebody needs to prove me wrong that he's the best pitcher in baseball. Like he's, he's just that good right now. And he has been for years. Yeah. Anyone who argues with that at this point, like the only thing you you can make an argument for is Corbin. And there's not the sample size of Corbin. And that's, that's DeGrom is just by far the best player in baseball or best pitcher in baseball. Maybe the best player in baseball on the mic trial might have something to say with that, but yeah. I'm probably going to go 100% to Grom. On he's D not game. even having to pitch like deep into games. Um, no, it doesn't matter. He's got a 40% K rate. <laughs> Since the start of last season, like not even just, just this year. <laughs> right now. He's got a 48% K rate this season, granted small sample size. Like, Just play to Grom. He's going to destroy this lineup. You make more money playing Degrom throughout the end, yeah, like, throughout the year. He's got than under a two X FIP. Yeah, so I'm yeah, with you. Go 100. Um, I don't care. Yeah, hard not to play him in this spot. Uh, I have zero interest in the Washington Bats. Yep, Mets. I have some interest. I mean, Fed's a guy that is just like he'll he'll get ground balls. That's what he'll do. So you target fly ball guys against him and realistically in this lineup there's not a ton there's alonzo but the main thing is he doesn't strike out a whole lot of lefties and there's some decent lefty hitters in the lineup so i i could see stacking up the mets like that that's pretty much alonzo is a great one-off like alonzo is a very good one-off fed since beginning of last season 225 iso going up against varieties alonzo can hit the ball at the ballpark but everyone else like all the rest of the power guys lefties and he just he doesn't give up a ton to lefties like it's that simple the ball will get put in play he can walk a lot of guys a lot of the Mets guys are patients I mean we have what six guys in the lineup that are over 10% walk rate versus right-handed pitching and Fed's a guy that walks lefties at a 12% clip so this game can get very out of hand it's I'm using Alonzo as a one-off or I'm full-on stacking it with the likes of McNeil Conforto Smith Lindor Nimmo and then obviously throwing Alonzo in there because he's the guy that can get bomb yeah um he he's the guy you want to target like big time power hitters alonzo and smith would be my favorite um i definitely like lindor uh you know 4900 we have some guys on the slate that are in this range that shortstop's a position you're probably gonna end up spaying up for on this slate um in yahoo i don't know if he's still cheap but i'll i'll have to look but um he's been really cheap over there so moving right along we got seattle at boston you say kikuchi against uh perez nine and a half total in this one boston's a 130 favorites um any interest here in kikuchi now this isn't this isn't the time to chase him like i did a little bit at the beginning of the season i played him a decent amount and it's actually fared well for me but this is being played in boston one of the better hair ballparks and they can platoon a ton here Kikuchi may have a little bit better of numbers going up against righties in terms of K rates, but he gives up a bit more hard contact and a bit more extra base hits to righties. Like they're probably going to platoon all the way up and down the lineup outside of Verdugo and Devers. This is not a spot to target Kikuchi. It's too big of a slate. He's just not worth it. And the price tag at 7.2 K is a little bit high for what he actually is. They could throw too many righties. And I talked about this the other day. Um, I don't mind right-handed pitchers against this lineup, but left-handed pitchers are going to struggle against the Red Sox this season. Um, you know, with the additions of like Kiki Hernandez, Renfro, they can just kind of throw too many righties at a lefty. 
Um, and it might be successful, but I think more times than not, your pitcher is not going to do well. Um, Perez draws a fantastic matchup against the Mariners, but he's just a guy that pitches to contact, tries to limit the damage and, you know, get out of the game, you know, five or six innings in. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't hate him. It's just such a good strikeout matchup. I mean, look all the way up and down the lineup outside of Seager and outside of Crawford, who are both lefties, so don't even draw the platoon split. Like, most of this lineup, since the beginning of last year, strikes out at a pretty decent clip. It's not a bad matchup at all, and Perez is kind of priced decently. Had a little bit of a rough start going up against the White Sox last time and ended up only going 60 pitches, but prior to that, 88 and 92 pitches. If he's pitching well, they'll let him go, and this is not a terribly patient layout outside of Lewis and White. So, honestly, the price tag, looking at 6,800, it's just a little bit cheap. There is a guy I like better in this range, maybe two guys depending on the weather. Um, but he's a guy that you can definitely end up using here. Uh, don't really mind it much at all. Like it's just a situation where he's got a good matchup and I don't think he's going to be terribly high owned. So I really don't mind him too much. It might work out. Um, I'm probably not going to play him in this spot, but the lineup obviously is not that scary. Um, any Seattle bats that you like here against Perez? Uh, Murphy cracks the lineup. I don't mind him. Um, Obviously, a guy with power. Lewis is a decent play at 3,200. Obviously, a guy that's pretty good versus left-handed pitching. Don't mind him at all. Like, Hanniger, price is coming up a little bit. Still a good play because he's a legitimately good pitcher. The ballpark's good. So, those would be the main guys I want to target. Like, don't really want to play Steger at 4.6 without the platoon split. France is fine, but not a great play. Like, it's White, Lewis... Murphy and Hanniger all stand out as good plays, mostly because of price Hanniger, just because he's a good hitter overall. Yeah. I think Hanniger, he's starting to warm up. Um, he's hitting the ball really well. And the thing about it here with Hanniger is you can make a, a really solid stack um, against Perez with like a secondary stack um, with like Tom Murphy, Hanniger, um, and then like throw in another one of these cheap guys, whether you want to go double outfield or you want to take a guy like Evan White who has some power um, or even fill up like a, a second base position with a guy like Dylan Moore. So a lot of different ways to approach a secondary stack here for Seattle. Uh, let's talk Boston. Any interest here in the Red Sox hitters? All the righties. All the righties. Like Kikuchi has been good versus lefties pretty much since the beginning of last season. But anyone who has a platoon split, like Renfro is an absolutely fantastic play at 3.2K. Like it always has a chance of getting the hook just because they platoon so many guys, but it's trying to figure out which one's going to be. Vasquez is a little bit expensive. Martinez is probably one of the top overall raw points plays on the entire slate. We know this guy that is fantastic versus lefties. Granny had a bad season last year, but he's been fantastic so far this season. Like even at 6K, like you pair him up with Renfro and maybe Arroyo, and you've got a fairly cheap secondary stack. And then you can throw in Bogarts. You can throw in Kike is probably a bit too cheap. Um, if you want to go lefty lefty, I don't expect uh, Kikuchi to go that late into the game. So 4.3 K for duo is not the worst thing in the world, but like, this is definitely a good stack spot, but the by far the best plays are Renfro and Martinez by wide margin. Uh, moving on here, we got Toronto at Tampa. Um, Steven Matz against Glass now. 
Um, seven total here. Raise uh, one fifty, but this is our just moved uh, to one sixty already. A uh, lot of money coming in on the raise. Um, any interest here in Steven Matz? I mean, a little bit. The problem is his price tag of eight point nine k. He had that good start to the season, and he's been a pretty good pitcher overall so far this season. And it's a ta- matchup versus Tampa Bay, which I still think they're striking out at the third highest rate on the season versus left-handed pitching. The problem is like he had that nine K start at the beginning, but that was up against Texas Casey in LA. Like he just turned back to the old Steven Matz. He still hasn't had a bad outing, only given up three earned runs this season total, like gets to the brow in the 90 pitch range. So he's not the worst idea in the world. The problem is just trying to go from him. Like if you land on him, that's fine. But glass now Kershaw and DeGrom are just such better plays where I don't see myself ending up on Matt's like, He's probably not going to end up with an outing that absolutely kills you and the chances of him, or he's not going to end up with an outing as on in tournaments where you don't have him, you end up losing. And most likely he's going to end up in the 18 to 24 point range. I think you can get better guys in the lower price range for that. And most likely all the guys above 10 K are just way better plays and likely to end up five to 10 points above that. I think he's interesting. Um, you know, I don't think he'll get a ton of ownership. And like you said, Tampa, they strike out a ton, even against left-handed pitching. So I think Steven Matz in this dome, um, you know, very good pitching conditions here. I think he's very playable. The only problem that I have with Steven Matz is his ceiling's capped by they're just not letting him pitch deep into the game. So on the other side, Glass now. I think glass now is probably the best option to pivot off of the Grom. Yeah, I would, I would, I would probably say so. Obviously a lot easier matchup than Kershaw way higher K rate. Obviously we worry about him going late into the games, but up over a hundred pitches in the last two 97 and the one before that. So it seems like they're giving him a fairly long leash now, which doesn't make sense to me after they had Blake Snell last year, but this is not a bad matchup. It's not great matchup. Obviously, Tampa Bay has got some good bats, and they're just league average strikeout team, especially going up against righties. Um, but Glass now can obviously just mow through any lineup. We saw that going up against Texas, where he ended up with 14 Ks. So, if you want to pivot off to Grom to Glass now, it's entirely understandable. I'm probably going to try and make some lineups with both of them together because there is going to be some cheap bats on the slate because it is a 14 game slate. Um, so, yeah, Glasnow and DeGrom are the two top options here. Obviously, Glasnow a little bit cheaper. I would much rather go with DeGrom, but we see similar K rates, similar XFIPs, similar everything. The main thing is DeGrom's just a better overall pitcher. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on DeGrom um, over Glasnow, but I do think – I don't think it's going to be – like you might be able to play both of them together. Um depending on like what value opens up um, in starting lineups and stuff. But I think it's going to be tough. Uh, to you make got 3.6 K. I know. I, I think it's very doable. Don't get me wrong. Especially if you're like me and I punt catcher, you punt two positions. Like you punt catcher and maybe like second base or something along those lines or an outfield spot. Like it, it's not hard to make it work. Yeah. Um, I don't really have interest in bats on either side. Is there anything standing out to you on either side of this game? No, obviously glass now is great. And over on the other side, like Matt's again, Tampa Bay is not great versus lefties. Yeah. Just, 
I don't know. I, I look at this and I'm like, it's a 14 game slate. I can be kind of picky and I'm going to, I'm going to be picky with this one, Grant. Like this is not one of those games that I think I'm going to play a lot of bats. If any Yankees and Indians, um, Montgomery against Allen. We have an eight and a half total here. Yankees, uh, one twenty six favorites. Um, any interest here in Montgomery? Not really. Again, he's in the 9.2 range. He's been all right this season. I had a good matchup going up against Baltimore. Pitched well, like overall, since the beginning of last season, 3.74. XFIP, overall a good pitcher, um, but hasn't gotten over 90 pitches once this entire season. He plays for the Yankees, so obviously they're a team that doesn't let their pitchers go too deep because they got a great bullpen. Matchup versus Cleveland, like they can platoon out a few guys, and on top of that, they just don't strike out a ton versus left-handed pitching. So because of his price tag, I just don't think it's really worth it to go with him. Again, I'm going to try and get up to the 10K range just because I believe that all three of the pitchers over 10K are just so far and away better plays than Montgomery. And I don't really see Montgomery putting up a 30-point outing, which is what you'll kind of need from him at 9.2K, considering he's not going to go 90 pitches, and this is not a positive matchup. This line is weird. Like minus 121, this line is weird. Um I think, like, I don't love Montgomery here, but Logan Allen is not good. And I feel like this line is weird. Um, the Montgomery thing, like, you've pretty much nailed it, man. Like, his ceiling's capped by not throwing deep into games. And he gets through six clean innings, and they're like, um, give, me the, give me my awesome bullpen to finish this game out. And that's just, it caps his upside a little bit. But he is a guy that, you know, even in a, in a in a decent game can put up big numbers it's just this team doesn't strike out a lot against left-handed pitching uh logan allen stinks uh, yep. like I, I don't need to say more um he's a guy that is at 8100 he's probably two thousand dollars overpriced yeah i don't think i'd play him at six one yeah i don't I, I wouldn't play him at six one either but um yeah Let's talk Yankees bats. Um, I think this is like one of the spots that, you know, obviously we haven't even got to it yet, but we have cores on the slate um, with Vasquez and Marquez pitching against each other. Like, I think the Yankees are a, a really solid pivot off of cores. Yeah, they're a great stack. I mean, Logan Allen's beginning of last season, 13% K rate going up against righties and outside of Odor. Odor there's not really a lefty in the lineup. Like, I mean, uh, I know Hicks has been terrible this season, but they got LeMahieu, they got Stan, they got Judge, Ursula, Torres, Sanchez, Frazier, all in the lineup, all solid bats, and all can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Like, Logan Allen, since beginning of last season, 357 Woba going up against righties. Grandy hasn't given up a ton of bombs to them, but it's not a huge sample size. This is a guy that can give up some hard contact. And these guys can take them out of the ballpark, and all of them are patient. To me, this is more of a stack spot than anything. And the price tags of a lot of these guys just don't seem to reflect how good they are as actual hitters. I get the Yankees have been pretty bad to start the season. I mean, you pull up Pelly IQ and you look at their 2021 numbers, it's bad. Like, they're not doing well. But these guys are talented. They hit the ball hard. They can take the ball out of the ballpark. Like, this is just a spot where, like, Ursula sitting at 3.3 if he's in the lineup – far too cheap torres sanchez stanton all 4.1 or 4.2 k like frazier you can round it out with him at 
2.8k if you need a cheap bat in there like this seems a clear mispricing and i don't know if i'm taking too many guys as one-offs but this is a clear stack spot here with all the obvious candidates yeah um yeah i, I like the yankee stack low strikeout pitcher a lot of power this this is the recipe for success usually so um, moving on, we got Kansas City at Detroit. Mike Miner. You know, um, I talk about the Cleveland bats because I don't run two either. Oh, I, I totally skipped the. Yeah, like yeah, I don't really have a ton of interest in Cleveland. That's probably why I skipped them. Um, like if I was going to play anybody, it'd probably be Jose Ramirez or like Luplo, um from Cleveland. Sorry, yeah, that was my or bad. Reyes, but Ramirez and Reyes are both too expensive. Yeah, like even Luplo at thirty nine hundred, like he's a little expensive, but I, I still think he's someone that's in play. Yeah. Whoops. Um, it happens. Yeah, especially <laughs> in boring teams. Here's what I found. Oh yeah, and I don't know how I hit my watch, but I hit my watch. Um, been there before. All right. Now that we've completely got sidetracked, we got Miner and Miz facing off here. Eight total. Kansas City's uh, 126 favorites. Um, this game is moving towards a pick'em game, and I think that's probably right. Um, any interest here in Mike Miner? I actually do. Um, surprising. I know he's old, but that really doesn't matter. He's sitting there at 6.9K. I try and find guys that I can spend down with because I want to lock into Grom. And I know that he's been not great so far this season, uh, but he's still a guy that they're allowing to go 93, 99 pitches and then you give an outing and he's been up against toronto he's been up against the white Sox, and he did pretty decent going up against texas he just got hit a little bit hard by babbitt um which happens but they're allowed him to go six seven innings into the game it's a matchup versus detroit detroit's not great pitchers and i get that goodrum and candelario have decent stats going up against lefties but i'm not fully expecting that to continue you add another year onto it and goodrum's the only guy that actually grades out decently like ramos and Goodrum, this is not a good lineup. Like, just straight up, it's not a good lineup. And I get that they can platoon a lot of guys out, and they might realistically have nine righties in the lineup, and the minor is a worse pitcher going up against righties, but his K rate is drastically higher going up against righties than it is going up against lefties. And he's a may not be a reverse splits pitcher, but he does have some out pitches with that changeup and that curve going up against righties. So the ceiling is pretty high. They only have a four implied run total over on Detroit, which realistically getting a 6.9 K pitcher is not bad when there's a four run total going up against you, especially since I don't think Casey, if I remember correctly, doesn't really have a great bullpen. Like if he's going to get hit, it's probably going to be because of Babbitt because he gives up a decent amount of hard contact to righties, but the K upside is definitely there. I don't expect ownership to be too high considering there's a guy that hasn't had over 17 points in a single game so far this season. But it's been tough matchups, and he can absolutely mow through this lineup if he really has to. Um, he just has to land on the right side of variance. Listen, I don't hate the idea of playing Mike Miner. Like you said, if you're trying to play DeGrom um, a good bit, then you're going to be looking for a cheaper pitcher. And I think he is definitely in play. There is somebody um, that I like on this slate that's um, in this price range, a little bit more pricier than him um but i do think he's in play i will say this if you're gonna play mike minor make sure you head stack um on a different team head stack 
even if you throw it in like a smaller dollar tournament head stack. Um, any interest in Miz? I mean, a little bit. There's a guy that is great versus righties, and terrible versus lefties. Um, like it, it's just how it is. Like you look at his pitching repertoire and his splitter is really not great. And so he's pretty much just a fastball sinker curveball type of guy. Um, not a great pitcher. He's had a decent outing going up against Houston. That's pretty much it so far this season. The rest of them just haven't really ended well. Um, and there's probably going to be not great lefty. I mean, realistically, Ben Intenny has been one of the worst hitters in the league this weekend or this year. Uh, Isbell, not fully ready. Lopez, not a good hitter. It's pretty much Santana. So I don't hate it. He's at 6.4K. Again, we don't have a ton of great spend down options. I have a feeling we're on the same one that we'll get to later. Uh, but yeah, like Miz is not a bad play here. There's a reason why this line is sitting at close to pick him here and only has an eight total, even though Detroit's bullpen is not great. Like Miz is not a great pitcher, but he's not terrible. And he can definitely get it done in this type of matchup with not a lot of good lefties going up against him. Yeah, you kind of nailed it. Um, this is a team that a lot of the powers on the right side. And so far from what we've seen from him since the start of last season, he's been able to limit, um, you know, power right handed bats. So I think he's interesting. Um, I actually, I, I think he's more interesting than minor for what's it, for what it's worth. Um, because I do think like, I think the lineup sets up better for him um, just in general. And like you said it, like this game is almost a pick him with an eight total. Like this is a low, like I don't, I haven't checked the weather, but um, I wonder if it's still going to be like super cold in this um, spot. Let's look. It's supposed to be 58 degrees. It's definitely supposed to be better. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's just how it is. I mean, I think like realistically, I, I, maybe I'm remembering wrong because of last year, but the bullpen for both these teams is not great. Uh, uh, bull, here, both they, these bullpen stink. Yeah, like Detroit has the highest XFIP bullpen in the entire league. Casey's sitting at number seven. Like we have an eight total, and both these pitchers are priced under 7K. And I mean, Mize isn't really a huge strikeout guy, but it, it's just the way that the lineups are kind of working out because Miner can strike out righties at a pretty decent clip and Miz, only guys that he really struggles with is lefties, and the lefties are terrible outside of Santana. Um, all right, let's talk bats in this game. There's really not much that I like on the Kansas City side, and that's one of the reasons that I really don't think he's a bad play. A lot of strikeouts here. Like Perez is the power bat, him and Solaire, but I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna pass. Yeah, it's really just Santana. I mean, like I said, Miz is real big. Like, I think you can take a shot on Solaire. I don't think he's terrible. Like, Miz is just an average strikeout pitcher going up against righties. Big thing is he gets a bunch of ground balls, and Solaire is really the guy. Solaire and Dozier are the two guys that hit the ball up in the air. They're both under 4K. I don't mind either of them as a one-off. Again, we're trying to pay up for DeGrom. We're trying to play up for Glass. Now we're trying to pay up for... Kershaw on this slate. So any of these guys is one off is entirely fine. Or if you really want to Santana is the one guy that actually profiles well, but he's 4.7 K. So Slayer and Dozier is one offs hoping for that bomb, but that's really it. Yeah, that's really it. And then on the Detroit side of things, like you want to target minor with like power righties and 
Honestly, the guy that probably stands out to me the most here is Nico Goodrum. Yep, 3.6K, far too cheap. I mean, it's not like it's a real small sample size for this guy. We have 160 at-bats for him versus left-handed pitching since the beginning of 2019 in that he has a 401 Woba and a 215 ISO. He's just on a bad team in Detroit that doesn't put up a ton of runs. So it's him, it's probably Ramos, and I think that's it. Like, Scope is a guy that if you look far enough back, he profiles well against him, and the price tag isn't too bad. The problem is Scope has just been absolutely horrible this year. Like, he has not been good. I think he's in the bottom seven hitters in terms of WRC+. plus So far this season, he's not good. Hasn't been good since the beginning of last season. Guy that was decent over in Baltimore, but just kind of fallen apart. Um, so, realistically, no. But if Zach Short's in the lineup, like, he's 2K. He's... 2k and that that's that's pretty much it like i honestly don't know too much about him um but he's a 2k guy with the platoon split going up against a guy that may strike out right he's at a decent clip but just hasn't been great he's a guy that probably grades out as a below slightly below average power guy and a slightly below average hitter um but not that bad so he's a guy that you can definitely use to fit into grom like i don't answer that shortstop i don't mind him as a one-off like He's the guy that you throw in to make everything else kind of work. Yeah. Um, the other, like, he has some cheaper options. Like, Jacoby Jones, another guy, if they bat him leadoff here. Um, I don't know if they're going to bat Grossman leadoff against the lefty or not. But if if Jacoby Jones cracks the lineup and grabs a great spot, like, if we get, like, Jones 1, Goodrum 2, short ninth, that's a nice little wraparound value secondary stack yeah yeah no right there with it even though i love minor like it's because six of the eight guys in this lineup are trash three of them grayed out well as good point per dollar plays and yeah technically they both could probably get there um who knows all right moving on we got weaver and um nona we got an eight and a half total Braves. Um, this game opened as a 150 and it's already up to like 176. Um, any interest here in Luke Weaver? I mean, he's a decent K rate guy, but Atlanta's not an easy offense. So just, I guess, no. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, this line has moved a ton. Weaver has some talent. Um, but this is a guy that gives up a lot of hard contact and a lot of fly balls against one of the better lineups in baseball. Um, I'm going to pass here on Luke Weaver. And then Inona on the other side. Inno. Inno. Sorry. Um, Inno on the other side. Like, ah, he's been such good a, this season. It's such a questionable spot, right? Like, that Cubs game was wasn't that like a it was a really cold game or something? Yeah, it was a cold game, but like he just got babbitt. Like that that's it. I mean, Grandy did end up hitting getting giving up some ball. Like it was just a bad outing. Like, but the biggest question mark with him is I think last season he was around a 14% walk rate. He's walked three batters this year. The controls there, we know that the stuff was kind of there. Like he's a doesn't have a ton of pitches. Like it's pretty much just a fastball slider changeup guy, and like his slider is hitting pretty hard so far this year. Um, he's got 
a 30% K rate so far. And I'm, I'm expecting him to drastically tend towards, uh, tend towards the median, but like his changeup is pretty darn good throws against lefties. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six lefties in this lineup. And then the pitcher, like, he grades out super well in this spot because Arizona is not a good lineup. And like, I want to wait and see what the lineup actually is because again, if it's a lot of lefties, he's a guy that has struggled with control in the past, but this year, like, like he's good versus lefties. If he can hit a spot and he seems to be hitting a spot this year, which isn't normal for him. So that's the reason why, like, he doesn't grade out as a great play. Like I know that he might only go 85 pitches, but He's more stretched out now. Like he's had two matchups. Only reason he got pulled quickly in that Chicago game is because he was just doing awful. But like they'll probably let him go. I'm guessing 75 to 80 pitches. There's a 3.7 implied run total against him. Like you know, he's not a bad pitcher. He's got good stuff. It's just always been controlling. It seems to be there this year. Man, it's such a. I think he's a great tournament play, a great tournament play. And here's the thing, like outside of like Cole Calhoun, I really don't have a ton of interest in Arizona. I have no interest in them. Like I said, like Calhoun's 2,900. He's just, he's so cheap. I know it's just ridiculous. Like he he hasn't, he's been costing his money because he's been cheap every day, but like at 2,900 Cole Calhoun is too good of a hitter not to have interest in him. Yeah, I mean, the problem is, you know, just doesn't give up a ton. I mean, yeah, he's cheap, but I have no interest in anyone else. Absolutely none. Um, On the Atlanta side, this is definitely a stack I think you can look at. I, I think you got to target the power bats here. Like the, the fly ball hitting power bats, that's, you know, what you want to target here against Luke Weaver. Um, 50% fly ball rate, 52% hard hit rate against righties. So like guys like Ozuna, um, and like Acuna, if Acuna is back in the lineup are very much in play. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much, I mean, they are now like not a bad play. If you want to spend a little bit of money for catcher, I know you're not a big fan of that. Um, Albies is probably a bit too expensive, but like if Riley makes the lineup, not a bad play. He's 3.3 K. He can hit the ball at the ballpark. Grandy has a pretty decent K rate, so could end up just flying out or striking out, I mean, a decent amount. But, yeah, you target the power bats and, like, just hope for the best. Hope he gets hit hard with Babbitt. But, I mean, Freeman, too. Like, Freeman's a good hitter. The problem is he's, he's so expensive. Like, it's ridiculous to me that Freeman costs more than – anyone in cores today by $500 like he's 6.2 K but he's been hitting the ball so well this year so well last year so well every year and he doesn't strike out which is like the biggest worry with the lefty going up against Weaver like he's a good play and realistically like depending on what you're doing with your lineups like Atlanta's a good team to stack up with a cheap double stack on the other side like over in Detroit um but yeah, like all, all the lefties or all the power bats in this lineup grayed out well. And there's a reason why they have a five implied run total. Yep. Um, Dunning against Dylan Seas, no total in this game. Um, Texas against the White Sox. 
any interest here in Dunning? I mean, I don't want to, but I feel like I should. He's been good so far this season, but it's a matchup versus the White Sox. Like, I get it's a righty too, which definitely helps his case, but I don't think he's going to go over 80 pitches, hasn't gone over 80 pitches at all this season and still has been getting there in every single start. Grandy has only given up one run, but I think things are going to turn for him. And I think this might be the spot where it ends up happening. Um, so I'm probably not going to play him, but I fully understand why people would have interest in him. I just don't see a huge amount of upside considering I don't think he's going to go that late into the game. And this White Sox lineup is just good. Yeah, like, oh, man, this is such an interesting spot. Um, you're definitely worried about the pitch count and pitching deep, but he's been pitching great. And I'm a lot more worried about this lineup against left-handed pitching. You know, Moncada's strikeout rate goes up, Abreu, Grandal, Robert, um, Vaughn, Anderson. Like, all these guys' strikeout rates go up against righties. Like, if you're playing 150 teams, like a 150 max, I think he's in play. If you're playing like three teams, he's probably not in play. Um, and then on the other side, I don't have any interest in Dylan C's low strikeout guy, high walk guy. Um, even against this bad Texas lineup, I think this is a spot you stay away. I. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, Cease gets wild. Cease gets super wild. And specifically, Cease gets a little bit wild versus lefties because he's throwing that slider outside the zone, like uses the curveball as his out pitch. And he's given up three walks in every single every single start so far this season. Um, can get hit hard. Like, this is a solid tournament play. Like, Cease really is. This is a guy that can strike out a decent amount of guys. It's all about will he have that control and everyone's kind of a free swinging bat in this lineup i mean people pitch around gallo people pitch around lao but outside of that like i'm less worried about walks i mean like doll walks at a five percent clip calhoun walks at a five percent clip trevino walks at a four percent clip garcia walks at a pretty high clip but we don't have a huge sample size of that honestly like I'll wait and see what the lineup ends up being. But I think that he actually has some pretty solid upside. Let him go 100 pitches if he's pitching well. This guy has decent stuff. It's just, is he going to have his control? And that's what I don't know. But the strikeout upside, even when it's not a lefty, is pretty solid in this lineup. I I actually like him, although it could end terribly. Like, be prepared to have a possibility of five or less points but realistically this could go like he could end up with a 25 point outing here all right um you didn't sell me you did a great job um trying to sell me but i, I just can't do it eight percent soft contact rate gonna everything Fully come off the bat. Like, like this guy gives up hard contact grant you get a bat and hit, hit it hard against this guy um i don't know about that i've i've, I've gotten very fat during during quarantine <laughs> let's talk texas um the power guys low and gallo um willie calhoun i don't mind him but like 
Gallo's 4,200, and Nate Lowe is quietly hit five home runs to start the season. Yeah, yeah, no, it's those two guys. If you're taking any bats in particular, again, don't don't hate a stack here. I mean, you can get Dahl in there at 3.4K. You can get Willie Calhoun at 2.8K. You can get Garcia at 3.4K. Like, this is one of the potential stacks where you're expecting him to either have his stuff, have his control or not. And if he's walking guys, like he gives up enough hard contact where any one of these big power bats and Lau and Dahl and Gallo and Garcia and Calhoun, like they can all take it out of the bar, ballpark and they can have multiple guys on base. And so it's just a compounding factor. Yeah. Even Gallo's 4.2 K like Gallo's 4.2 Lau is 7.4.7. Is it Lau or low? I can never remember which one it is. Lau is Brandon and Nate is low. Gosh, darn it. I, I, I will always get them confused for the rest of my life. Never going to stop, but low. First time <laughs> I've gotten that right all year. Um, yeah. All these guys are going to have guys on bases. So this is, if you're taking one offs, it's low and it's Gallo. But this is an absolutely like, Cease is going to end up with five or 25 points. It's just all weather has a control. 50 50 toss up where he does, or actually probably closer to 60% that he doesn't have his control. This is just a good strikeout matchup, and it's a good matchup for hitters because all these guys are outside of Solak and low. Everyone's priced down. Like, this is a spot where you can get, you could potentially stack up the Rangers. There's a few different ways, along with another lineup that has some upside, and get both Glass now and get DeGrom. Like, it's that simple. You need 3.6K per hitter to take both those aces, and between Dahl, Calhoun, Trevino, and Garcia you will after that have around 3.9 K per hitter Throw in a two K hitter. And you can have a four, three, one stack with both glass now and with DeGrom and still have a pretty decent secondary stack. Um, white Sox Mercedes might be out of this game too. Um, he fouled a ball off his left foot. Um, what are your thoughts on the white Sox here? I mean, Dunning's been pretty darn good versus righties for the last year when Texas doesn't have a great bullpen. Um, So anything can happen, but like he just doesn't really profile badly against righties and then against lefties like Eden's in there, but he's probably a little too high price. Like Grandall would probably be the play to get a catcher that can hit the ball at the ballpark, but Everyone else just kind of, you know, like you can absolutely stack it up, but realistically not a spot you really want to go with. Yeah. Um, we got the Angels and the Astros. Um, Heaney against Granky. Um, eight total. Astros a 130 favorite. Any interest here in um, Heaney? He's just so tre- cheap, and I want to see what his ownership is. Same thing as every single day. Um, if he's low owned, play him. If he's high owned, don't play him. And I think on this slate, like obviously we have to worry about potential rain. Oh no, it's a dome. Why am I thinking? They'll just close the dome. Sorry, I forgot. I had the dome open today. Um, yeah, like I know it's a low strikeout lineup, and they're not going to have a ton of lefties. It'll be Brantley, it'll be Alvarez, and potentially they'll throw Tucker in there. But if they don't throw Tucker in, they're probably putting a below average bat. Like he needs a guy that gives him a lot of hard contact, decent amount of fly balls to righties. So it's a potential boom bust spot here. But 
there's been times where Heaney has been 8K and he's been chalky. Like, I get a tough lineup. I get a tough spot. The dome should be closed because it's going to rain. So that's a little bit of an uptick for him. Like, I, I like Heaney here. Um, I like him a lot for tournaments. He's one of those – there's a decent amount of bats that – or arms that we can use in the 6K range. And I'm specifically looking at them because I want to Grom. Yeah, um, I, I think you summed it up when you were first talking about it. If he's going to be chalk, you fade him. If he's going to be on your own, take some shots. I don't like the spot. This is a low strikeout Houston team, and it worries me. So definitely don't like him if he's going to be popular. Uh, Zach Granke on the other side of this game, you know, I don't love it, but I would understand playing him. I will not play Grinky probably the rest of the season unless we get a four-game slate and he's the only option. If he were on uh, Thursday slate, I would have played him, especially at this price tag. I don't understand how he's still doing all right. Like, outside of that matchup versus Detroit, he's been outstanding this season. But I will not play him, especially when he's going to have to face Otani, Trout, and Walsh. Like, just a no-go for me. Um, let's talk bats. Anything standing out to you here for the Angels? Otani, Trout, and Walsh. Well, Trout might not be in the lineup. We'll have to see. Um, oh, I know they said he's expected to be. He's dealing with a little bit of an elbow injury, so he's expected to play. But yeah, Scotty got taken out quickly, and that cost me cost me some money. But uh, yeah, like Otani and Walsh. Like I, I just in general not a huge fan of stacking. The, Angels, although it makes a little bit more sense today considering you can get like Upton and Pujols are fine for the price. Like they both have some pop. Grinky's a little bit worse versus righties than he is versus lefties. Ball's going to be put in play, but realistically, like Grinky's one of those guys I don't really ever want to play and I don't really ever want to stack against. Yeah. Um, yeah. Walsh is still 1.75 on Super Draft, by the way. Um, on the Down Houston, from 2X. yeah, on the Houston side of things, like it's the main suspects against lefties. It's it's Bregman, it's Gary L. Um, those would probably be my two favorite plays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Heaney gives up a ton of hard contact, a lot of fly balls to righties. So, like, I don't hate Alvarez, but realistically, it's Bregman, it's Gary L. Like, Correa is probably a bit too expensive. That's that's really it. Maybe Diaz just for him being under 4K. Straw just because he's 2.4K, but Straw does not grade out as a good play. Um, Moving on, we got Pittsburgh at Minnesota. We got uh, Brubaker against Hap. Uh, Eight and a half total in this one. Twins, uh, 145 favorites. Uh, Any interest here in Brubaker? Not really. He's priced about right at 7.8K. The guy has pretty decent strikeout stuff, and this is a pretty decent strikeout lineup. Maybe if the lineup comes out and one of their real, real high K lineups, I don't hate it. Um, but if Arias is in, the, in there, if a studio's in there, then I have no interest. But if only one of those guys is in there, it's not the worst idea in the world just because, like, especially if they have Sano, Cave, Rooker, Jeffers down there, like, um, is what's his name coming? Is Garlic coming back? 
Uh, I, I don't know. I doubt it. He, I think he actually got COVID. I don't know. Wait and see what the lineup is, but realistically, he can he can get shelled by some of these righties. Yeah, he's a boom bust tournament play. Um, his biggest can like the biggest concern when playing um, Brubaker this season has been just pitching deep into games. Um, he was cruising the other night against the Brewers and got pulled in the sixth inning or in the yeah. So I think he's in play for tournaments. Um, on the other side, Jay Happ. Um, we like pitchers against Pittsburgh, but man, um, Happ. It might be time to turn in your hat, buddy. It ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Oh, I hate oh gosh. So Late night much. humor. <laughs> Late oh, night humor. Bad. Watch out. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a low implied team. Like, they have a 3.6 implied team total. But I still – 6.3K. I still don't think I'm going here. Like, probably go around 90 pitches. Not particularly high strikeout guy. And, yes, there's – Decent amount of strikeouts in this lineup all the way up and down, but I don't know. As of right now, he's not on my list, but I may end up with a lineup or two of them just because it's mostly the matchup and that Vegas total like makes me trust him a bit more. Nope. Um, this is just one of those spots that I don't like either side. Don't like the pitchers um, or the pitcher. Don't like the hitters. Um what are we looking at here for Pittsburgh? Is there anything that you like? Nothing. Yeah, like maybe you take a shot on like Eric Gonzalez if you need to or Evans. That's it really though. If Todd Frazier's in the lineup, he's 2.7K. Um, yeah. And on the Minnesota side, we'll have to see um, who's in the lineup like you were talking about, but... Um, I don't know. I think you. This is a team you probably stack more often. You play one-offs. Yeah, Donaldson, Cruz, and Buxton are all grading out as decent plays, but they're all so expensive. Like on a slate with glass now, and granted, I'm going to roll out some uh, two cheapy lineups, but two cheap pitcher lineups. But realistically, it's those three guys, and they're not cheap. Cincinnati at St. Louis. We got Sonny Gray going up. Um, I'm not even going to. I think it's Kawang Kim. Anyway, seven and a half total pick him game. Um, Any interest here in Sonny Gray? I have zero interest in pitchers or batters from this game. Sonny Gray is not going to go far enough into the game. Yes, it's match versus St. Louis, but their bats have actually been decent lately. Kim on the other side, first start, the second start back after being on the IL. This guy was a fraud, I thought, last year, but doesn't really offer a ton of upside. The bats, it's a seven and a half total. It's a pick'em game. Just not a spot where I want to target anyone because both of these pitchers are decent. They're just not going to go late enough in the game. Full-on cross-off game for me. Yeah, as far as Sonny Gray goes, he's 9,300. If he was 7,300, it would be a completely different conversation. Um, and then as as far as Kim is concerned, this lineup's a lot worse against left-handed pitching, but he's just not a big – like a 12% strikeout rate against righties and limits the damage. Um, unlike you, I have a ton of interest in Nick Castellanos. This guy is scorching hot, um, and he gets a lefty here. It doesn't matter if it's a lefty or righty. 
I think he is definitely in play. And then Suarez didn't have a great season last year, but this is a guy that throughout his career has hit left-handed pitching really well. So um, I like that like little two-man stack. And if we get like a cheaper leadoff bat um, in here, because I doubt they're going to lead off Winker against Kim, then you could potentially make it like a full-on secondary three-man stack. So um, don't really have a ton of interest outside of that. And um, I'm with you on St. Louis. I don't want to play them here. Let's go to cores. Um, we have Vasquez against Marquez. Um, it's a 10 and a half total. Rockies are a 127 favorites. Um, no interest in these pitchers, right? Like we don't need to sugarcoat this. We're not playing these guys. No. And I mean, Vasquez, especially considering the dude can get wild and he doesn't have his curveballs, uh, his out pitch over in Coors, really. Let's talk Philly hitters. What do you like here for the Phillies? I mean, Marquez is a solid pitcher, um, but this course, like Hoskins is probably a bit too cheap. Harper grades out as a good play. Real Moto, obviously the best raw points play on the entire slate at catcher. Bomb is definitely too cheap at 3.5K. Um, well, yeah, 2.3K, you're getting a batter in Coors on the road team. Like if he hits in the starting lineup, easy money. Uh, McCutcheon, far too cheap at 3.9K. Um, good old Brad Miller back in our lives. Oh gosh. Yeah. I forgot. He crushed me the other night. Cause I didn't play him on FanDuel or not FanDuel on Yahoo. 3k first baseman in course. Um, should, should be in the lineup. Maybe, um, we'll see. And then as far as the Rockies go, um, man, Vasquez can strike people out, which is kind of scary. But the way that he walks people, and like you said, he's not going to have like a full-on curveball here. Probably not going to pitch deep into this game. We're, we're stacking the Rockies here. Yeah, I mean, Tapia is too cheap. Crone stands out as one of the best plays. Blackman is too cheap at 4.5K. Um, Story McMahon are probably just slightly too underpriced. But Fuentes in there. Like, if Daza is in there, he's been hot so far this season. Don't mind writing that one out. Um yeah, like it's it's course. Vasquez is gonna walk some guys, and then when the ball's actually being put in there, he's gonna struggle. So yeah, it's course. Yeah, and um, it's four game game slate. We're allowed to kind of skip through that one pretty quick. But uh, Miami at San Francisco, Alcantara against Alex Wood. Um, Alcantara was the guy that I was talking about. I have a ton of interest in him in this spot as my cheaper um, pitcher and. Honestly, on the other side, I think Alex Wood is super interesting too. This game has. How far do you think he's going to get into the game, though? That's that's my big concern. With Alcantara, is, uh, Wood. Well, let's start with Alcantara. Uh, this game has a seven and a half total. Giants are a slight one twenty-two favorite. Um, what are your thoughts here on Alcantara? I mean, I wasn't thinking about him because there's other options I like in that range. But I guess you're right. The dude's pitched pretty darn well so far this season. I mean, on the season, he's striking out guys at a twenty percent clip. San Francisco doesn't strike out versus lefties, but they strike out a decent amount versus righties, just the way they platoon guys. And a lot of their uh, lower strikeout guys are uh, righties. Um, so, like, I wasn't really thinking about it, but I think you've been maybe right. This is a guy that can get some ground balls. It's a decent uh, pitcher's ballpark, granted, with the way they're doing stuff because of COVID. 
still not as good as it used to be. Um, but it's going to be 50 degrees outside. I honestly had no interest in him before now. You talked me on to him, or you made me second look, and yeah, all the things looking at afterwards. Yeah, he's a solid play. Yeah, and he just pitched against this team and put up seven strikeouts, you know, allowed a couple earned runs. Like, I think this is a spot. And, like, Longoria um, left the game early. So, like, that is a guy, like, yeah, you're much more worried about Longoria against lefties, but Longoria is a low strikeout guy. So, like, that potentially helps um, Alcantara as well. So, I think it's a great spot for him. Um, and like, maybe they're going to have to play, um, a guy like Dobbin, um, Dubin, um, so, or, or like Flores or somebody like there, I think the replacement for Longoria is solid. Um, so I, I like Alcantara a lot here and you already kind of say how deep is Alex Wood going to go? I think. To be fair, we're probably looking at 75 to 80 pitches here. Yeah, and that's not enough to get done for me. Like, a lot of the Miami hitters are hitting pretty well, especially going up against lefties. Like, not, not like, I'm not playing wood. Yeah, this seems actually really decent against left-handed pitching. Um, I'm not going to play Alex Wood either, and I think he's going to be popular, low total game, and – Everybody likes to play pitchers against the Marlins. It doesn't matter who it is. Um, so I think this is a spot you stay away from Alex Wood. Um, yep. And Miami might actually be a cheap secondary stack, right? Like Adam Duvall is 3,900. Um, assuming that Cooper is back in the lineup, I know he was um, dealing with a little bit of a groin injury, but I had saw that like he was – supposed to be back in the lineup in this one um you know cooper agler Duvall, rojas like these guys rojas is 357 iso with a three percent k rate since the start of last year against um left-handed pitching and you know that shortstop position everybody's going to be playing other people yeah rojas aguilar duval all decent plays all a little bit too cheap don't mind throwing in garrett cooper or Anderson, if either of them into the lineup. Yeah, I mean, the problem is the ballpark, so it's mostly a pricing play, and likely I'm not going to end up with a ton of ton of exposure to them. Um, any interest in the Giants' bats? Stack or fade, depending on if Alcantara is chalky, but it doesn't grade out that well. Finish it out with San Diego facing the Dodgers. Uh, you Darvish against Clayton Kershaw, seven and a half total. Dodgers are one forty-five favorites. Um, any interest here in Darvish? Not really. It's up against the Dodgers. Nine point seven K. I'd rather get Glass now or Degrom. I think he's one of the best tournament plays on the slate. All right, like, you're a smarter guy than me. No, just like think about the Dodgers lineup right now. They're missing some guys, um, and like. You know, Chris Taylor's out, Lux is out, Bellinger's out, like, and like even McKinnistry is a guy um, that was dealing with some back injuries on Thursday. So, as this lineup is super scary, don't get me wrong. Um, I hate playing pitchers against the Dodgers, especially righties, 
But you Darvish just struck out nine against this team a week ago, five days ago. Seven innings, nine strikeouts, 29 fantasy points. He's under 10K for a guy that can put up 30 fantasy points. Um, and like, okay, and even if you're if you're in a legal state too, like if you're playing Darvish, throw some money money on the money line of this, you know, Padres line because I, I think it's super interesting. Um, let's talk Clayton Kershaw. Like Clayton Kershaw, obviously he might be back grant like he's not going to ever be what he was but you know these these two guys um just dueled it out and like kershaw pitched really well um in that game as well yeah i mean he's probably never going to be the absolutely elite k-rate guy but he's pitching fine fantastic like since the beginning of last season he doesn't walk guys 3.7 percent walk rate solid k numbers not super elite not in 30 percent range but solid Huge ground ball pitcher. I mean, the problem is he's going up against the Padres, but I don't think it really matters too much for Kershaw. There's a guy that's put up 30 points or 30 points in two of the last three, 26 in the other one. Like, solid pitcher. I don't know if I would rather play him than Glass now or DeGrom, but he's third on the list. Like, I'll have some lineups with him. Going to wait and see where ownership's at, but there's a tough matchup here going up against San Diego. He can get it done, though. Yeah, this is a spot where I think he's fourth on my list. I, I think I'd play Darvish before I'd play Kershaw today. Um, call me crazy. I don't want bats in this game. If you want to target like one-off power bats and like Tatis, Machado, Betts, Muncy, Seager, sure. But like I'm not stacking like that. That's not smart. Even if it works out, it's not smart. Yeah, I'm not using bats in this game. All right, um, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Um, under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got? This is a tough one here. I've got a NL. All right, I'm going to go Alcantara. Uh, over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? Sonny Gray is the cheat code, but I'm going to go Montgomery. All right, I'm going to go with Zach Greinke. Um over 4,000 to hit a home run that's not in course. Matt Olson. I like it. I'm going to go Pete Alonzo. Um, under 4K to get two hits, not in course. Uh, Moreland. All right. I'll go Nico Goodrum. Stack to score six or more runs. Oakland. Ooh, I like it. Um. I think this is going to be a sneaky one. Give me Texas. Uh, any money line over under anything standing out to you here night before? I don't know. You got one. Um, I don't know. I was looking at it a few minutes ago, and I think... Yeah, I don't know. I think if I was Oakland minus one thirty. Yeah, I was gonna say that one's not bad. I think, like a, if you could have gotten the Yankees line when it was one twenty six, that would have been super solid. Um, but okay, I'll, give me the Detroit money line. I like the Detroit money line. 
I knew there was one that we had looked at, had looked at earlier, and I just couldn't remember what it was. I like the Detroit money line. It's like currently it has moved from one twenty six to one eighteen for the Royals. It's still good value on Detroit money line there. And if you shop the books, you could probably still get it at like 130 on some of the books. So um, super draft play of the day. Grant, what's standing out to you today? Selak is at 1.7x or 1.75x. Like just seems a little bit too high on the pitching side. Uh, the obvious play to me is Alcantara at 1.8x. Yeah, um... I was just quickly like making sure that they, because for some reason they don't have Jacob Degrom as a probable yet. I just wanted to make sure really quick uh, that he wasn't like super free over there. Um, One point oh five. He's not even remotely close to free. Yeah. Um. So my super draft play of the day today would probably be Hoskins at one point three x in cores. Um. That is for a guy that has a, a ton of power and upside in general. So really like him. Uh, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nope. Just if you followed my bets yesterday, I'm sorry. I probably lost more than you. <laughs> All right. That's going to wrap it up here uh, for Friday. It's Talladega week for you know NASCAR. Make sure you guys are checking out the NASCAR package here. Um, these weeks are always fun. We're going to go watch some cars spin around the racetrack and have some fun doing it. So, um, we'll be back on Monday. I hope everyone has an awesome weekend. Good luck in your contest and we'll see you then. Hey kids.